hey, we're back to double-digit wins straight up, and that is the only thing that we have to talk about. Double-digit wins straight What? You mean I have to talk about against the spread and over-under, too? Fine, we'll talk about the crummy picks too. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week eight of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2017-2018 NFL season. And uh, yeah, some of the some of the picks. Uh, yeah. Week didn't exactly get off to a great start, losing the Thursday nighter, which of course was also the gold pick, and we missed it by a country mile because of this weird flag garbage at the end of the game. But we rebounded rather nicely, at least straight up. Ended up going 10-5. and five. Once again, anytime you get to double digits, it's been a good week. 10-5 and five straight up has me 65-41-0 so far straight up on the season, and we will definitely take that but it's when you look over at the against the spread and over under plays from last week let's put it this way if you would have taken the exact opposite of every pick that i gave you both against the spread and over under you'd have had a hell of a week against the spread i only went three ten and two we got two pushes in the same week that has us now to four pushes on the season but three ten and two against the spread in week seven holy cow and i know i'm not the only one that did that poorly but that's just bad there's no excuse for that that was terrible i think i rode the underdogs just a little bit too hard in week seven so three ten and two against the spread has me 52 50 and 4 against the spread so at least we're still above 500 over under was a little bit better 5 and 10 but it's still double digit losses we're back to this now double digit losses over under whoop de frickin do that has me 44 up 61 down and one on the over under so far this season the platinum gold silver and bronze of course aside from the straight up picks absolute dumpster fire bronze pick i told you to take pittsburgh to beat cincinnati they did that they doubled them up 29 to 14 wasn't against the spread loss i told you to go cincinnati plus five and a half and it was an over under loss i told you to stay under 41 points silver pick we won that one straight up minnesota beating baltimore by a fully converted touchdown 24 to 16 but it was an against the spread loss i told you to go baltimore plus five and a half in that game and it was an over under loss i thought they would stay under 39 and a half points they get to 40. the gold pick as we mentioned the thursday night game kansas city and oakland wind up losing that one 31 to 30 as i told you to take kansas city to beat oakland oakland scores in this last second just this ridiculousness on the final drive of the game for Oakland where they have about 19 opportunities to score a touchdown and they finally do look Kansas City should have closed that game out they didn't do it Oakland did their job they won the game it wasn't against the spread loss I told you obviously to go Kansas City minus three and I thought the game would stay under 47 points and it gets to 61 so unfortunately we did totally whiff on the gold pick but if it's any consolation we were perfect on the platinum pick the monday night game last night philadelphia and washington the eagles win that game convincingly after a slow start 
Philadelphia beats Washington 34-14 to in an NFC East matchup. It wasn't against the spread win. I told you to take Philly minus four and a half. That works out. And it was an over-under win as I told you to go over 48 and a half points. And they get to 58. So platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. I was three and one straight up, but only one and three against the spread and over-under. Pretty reflective of the week as a whole. Taking a look now at the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for Season 6 of my show and Year 4 of the Hatbox Pool. Starting in my pool, Bridgewater's Finest Straight Up Pool, I am now in 3rd place out of 35, slipped out of the 2nd place spot. 566 out of 858 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 66%. In week seven, I brought in 87 out of 120 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 73%. We'll take a 70% week wherever we can get it. Shout out to our week seven winner, Chicago underscore span, Trubisky for MVP, Steven Spanich, I believe. I'm probably pronouncing that last name horribly wrong. He went 14 and 1, however you pronounce it, 14 and 1. That's a pretty incredible week. 116 out of 120 possible confidence points. That is one of the great all time weeks in the Bridgewater's Finest Pick 'em Pool with the confidence point system. 97%. Holy cow, why you got to beat our asses so hard, Span? 69 King remains the overall leader, but this is tight. Look, I'm in third place. I'm only trailing by 14 points, which means there's another person right in the middle there that's trailing by significantly less than that. 69 King, though, still holding on to the top spot. Now 64 and 42 straight up, which means I actually have a better straight up record now than does 69 King. But they've managed the confidence points better than I have. 580 out of 858 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 68%. So shout out to Trubisky for MVP for winning week seven and 69 King for remaining barely, but remaining the overall leader in the Bridgewater's finest pool. We take a look at the hat box pick'em pool. Again, I think it's year four. I've now slipped down into a tie for sixth place out of 38 people making picks in that league. I was tied for second. We fell off a little bit here. My 65 straight up wins in 106 games played is a 61% clip. In week seven, obviously going 10 and five. So I was 10 for 15. That's a clip of 67% straight up. And we'll definitely take that. Shout out to our week seven winner. Actually, there were five teams that were tied at 13 and two very excellent weeks in that pool. So five teams are tied at 13 and two. That's a clip of 87% in week seven and that is a huge clip shout out to our new overall leader rel eagles fly tj Harmon, a fellow nfl youtube prognosticator now takes the out and out lead taking it away from discolos 68 correct picks straight up out of 106 games played that is a clip of 64 percent he leads me by three He's the new overall leader. So shout out to Trubisky for MVP and the five teams that won in the Hatbox pool for winning week seven. And the 69 King and Rel Eagles Fly for being the overall leaders in the Bridgewater's Finest pool and the Hatbox pool. Now take a deep swig of my sweet cherry brew as we move into Fantasy Corner and take a peek at how my four fantasy football teams did in week seven action. 
and I ran the table after looking like it was going to be like a one and three week, maybe scrounge out a two and two. I wound up four and oh, wound up winning all my leagues. One was a pretty tight matchup. A couple of them really came down to the Monday nighter, but we wound up winning all of them at four and oh. So obviously in the professionals dynasty league, I had a win in week seven over half moon's picks. Stephen Coleman, fellow NFL YouTube prog. That team now sits at four and three, and I've got a week eight matchup, another YouTube prog matchup against Gavin O'Connor, Gavin OC4. That is a projected victory for me, but anything can certainly happen. We go to the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Fantasy Football League. I had a win in week seven over Jackalopes. That was the matchup for first place overall in that league. I got the win. I moved to 6-1 and one on the season after being one of the lowest projected teams after the draft. I sit at 6-1. and one. Thank you, Zeke Elliott. The only reason that I won that matchup. So I am in first place in the Progs League as of right now. I have a Week 8 matchup coming up against Ryan C. It's a projected victory for me. But again, anything can happen. So, shout out to Half Moon's Picks and Jackalopes for the matchup. Thank you for the matchup in Week 7. And Gavin O'Connor and Ryan C. This team coming off a back-to-back-to-back-to-back wins all across fantasy. These teams are coming for you. That is Fantasy Corner from Week 7. And of course, I'll take this opportunity, as I always do, to remind you that if you go to the description of the YouTube video, as well as the description on iTunes or SoundCloud, you're going to find all of my results from week seven, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for week eight in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the Bridgewater's Finest and Hatbox Pick'em Pools for Season 6 and Year 4. It's never too late to get joined up. Put your picks head-to-head against mine. See if you can get yourself shouted out on the show by winning a week. You're also going to find information on subscribing to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel. My parlays continue unabated from last week into this week. We're still looking for a bit more success there, but I'm having a lot of fun doing them so far. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. We talk football all damn week. All your favorite progs are there. Make sure you join up and get in on the action. And finally, you're going to find information on Nerd Tees. If you use the promo code BWFINEST, you are going to save 15% at checkout. And for my Canadian listeners, free shipping on any orders over $50. Folks, I'm drinking it right now, the Sweet Cherry Brew, and it's delicious. So make sure you visit nerdtees.ca. Link and promo code are in the description below. BW Finest, save 15%. This week, week eight, may not be the most difficult slate of games, but it's arguably the most important slate of games in the whole season because this is our 13-game week. There's only 13 games scheduled to hit the field this week if you can get a double digit week out of a 13 game week you are really going to be doing something right with these picks and propelling yourself forward it's a pivotal week in the nfl season let's get it going so we're going to start in baltimore now where the ravens are going to come home and play host to the miami dolphins dolphins riding a three game win streak picking up the win last week. Baltimore's going in the other direction. They've lost two straight. 
Miami, of course, suffering a significant loss last week. Jay Cutler going down with a cracked ego. I mean, ribs. So he looks like he's probably going to be out for multiple weeks. This looks like it's going to be Matt Moore's team. And again, Matt Moore did certainly lead the Dolphins to victory last week, 31-28. to But it was over the Jets. Look, I say that full well realizing I took the Jets to win that game. But, I mean, come on. You know, Jets gonna Jet. Dolphins have still only scored 92 points in six games. That's with the 31 points from this past week. So look, 61 points through their first five games. This team is still a team that's going to chronically struggle to score points. Baltimore, at the very least, is putting up some points, 130 points in seven games. It's still less than 20 points a game, but compared to the 92 that Miami has put up, these guys look like offensive all-stars. The problem with the Ravens, they can't keep anybody off the board. They've given up 148 points in seven games. It's about 21 points a game. Baltimore really chronically has a problem stopping the run this season. One of the worst run defenses in football, giving up a buck 45 per game on the ground. And actually, I believe that has moved them into the lowest, lowest, lowest spot in terms of run defense in the NFL. They are, in fact, the worst run defense in terms of yardage in the whole league. Now, on the plus side for them this week, not only do they get to play at home, but they're playing the worst total offense in football this week in their own home stadium against Miami. Now, of course, Baltimore is the second worst total offense in football, so I would say take the under. I think the real significant difference here is going to be Baltimore's run game, despite the fact that they were playing Minnesota, who I believe coming into that game last week, and in fact, they still are the number three total run defense in football. Baltimore was able to put up yardage against them on the ground, and I think that's going to be the big difference here. Miami's run defense, not as good as Minnesota's, so I think Baltimore is going to have themselves an excellent game on the ground. That's ultimately, I think, what the difference is going to be. I'm going to take the Ravens at home to beat the Dolphins. On the line, Baltimore favored by three points at home. I think I'm going to tell you to take that. It's only a field goal. Sometimes that can seem like it's a bit much in what's probably going to be a low-scoring game. But I do like it. It's only a field goal. Let's go Baltimore minus three. Total in this game is 37.5 points. These two teams are a combined five and eight over under so far this season they both went over last week which means they were only three and eight coming into their games last week so i like the under here it's a low number of 37 and a half points but this is going to be a lot of running not a lot of passing neither one of these teams can move the ball through the air especially now with miami going to a quote-unquote backup quarterback though it's hard to say there's much of a quarterback uh, depth chart in miami at this point but it is a backup quarterback he was able to put up points on the jets last week i don't think he's going to be able to put up the same type of point total against baltimore so let's go under 37 and a half points in miami baltimore let's go to cleveland now where the browns just continue doing brown things they are winless so far this season they went to overtime with tennessee it was close but they lost that game by a field goal 12 to 9 and now they get to welcome in the minnesota vikings who were winners last week and are in fact on a three-game winning streak 
This will only be the Vikings' third road game of the season through uh, through eight weeks. So that is something definitely to keep in mind. Minnesota's got a long road schedule left on this season. It is possible that this could be a bit of a look-ahead game for Minnesota. They might come in here and they might take Cleveland too lightly. It's entirely possible. I don't think it's going to happen. Minnesota continues to play a very complete game on the offensive side of the ball. They're not going to throw you totally for a loop in the passing game. They're kind of middle of the pack, a little bit better than middle of the pack in terms of their pass offense. In terms of their run offense, they're just inside being a top 10 total run offense. It, it's it's just a balanced attack. And I mean, they're only scoring, what, uh, I think 20 just under 21 points a game, so that's right around middle of the pack as well. Where Minnesota really excels, obviously, is on the defensive side, only allowing 206 yards per game through the air. Again, as we mentioned, the number three total run defense in football, and if you can stop the run, you can play defense, and if you can play defense, you can win football games. Even though they're on the road here for only, like I said, the third time in eight weeks, I like Minnesota to go into Cleveland and hang yet another loss on the poor hapless Browns who can't even figure out who the hell they want to play quarterback. Here's a nice prop bet for you. Will Cleveland change quarterbacks at some point through this game? Does their starting quarterback finish the game? You're not going to get very good odds on a no bet, but I know how I'd be going. Vikings all day here. Let's take Minnesota on the road to beat the Browns. On the line, the Browns are nine and a half point dogs at home. And I think actually, I think you have to take that. Cleveland plus nine and a half. Look, Cleveland is not a good against the spread team. They're not scoring a lot of points. They're not keeping a ton of points off the board. But, you know, they are a pretty good run defense. They're a top 10 total run defense. Teams are scoring a lot of points on them, but they're scoring the points in general through the air. So Minnesota's, I think, going to be forced a little bit to try to score points through their passing game. Nine and a half points is too many for me with kind of a middling offense in Minnesota. So take Cleveland plus nine and a half. Total in this game is also 37 and a half points, same as you have in Miami. Baltimore. I think you have more offensive potential in this game than you do in Miami. Baltimore. These two teams are 5 and 9 over under so far on the season. They split last week. One went over, one went under. It is worth pointing out in Miami Baltimore, both of those teams again went over, but these two split last week, Minnesota Cleveland. I actually think it's going to go over. It's not going to shoot over by a huge amount. But I'm seeing like maybe a 39 or 40 point total. So where you got 37 and a half, I'm going to tell you to go over 37 and a half in Minnesota, Cleveland. Let's go to Buffalo now where the Bills get to return home with one of the league's best scoring defenses in order to take on the Oakland Raiders. The Raiders might be sitting at three and four, but they did win last week, as I mentioned, and the offense certainly looks better. Buffalo also coming up with a win last week, holding on to beat the Bucks 30 to 27. That's always kind of a fun matchup too. Two teams coming in off of, you know, close games where they either had to come from behind or try to hold on at the end. 
Bills have the number two scoring defense in football, only having given up 101 points in six games. Problem with that being, they've only scored 119, so their margin of victory is only about a field goal. And again, the Raiders might be three and four, but their margin of victory is only negative 0.15 or something like that. They've only scored one fewer point than has been scored against them on the season. And the Raiders offense feels like it's coming around now. Like Derek Carr, apparently not phased by a fractured back, which I still, I just, I'm apparently incapable of understanding how you could not be phased and you could still play football through a fracture in your back, no matter how insignificant it is. But apparently you can. And Oakland's offense kind of seems like it's coming around a little bit. They're up into sort of the top half of the league, kind of around, you know, middle of the pack with the league. The run offense is doing well. The pass offense is coming around. Now, it's worth noting, Oakland's going to be probably without Marshawn Lynch in this game because of that absolute stupidity in the game against Kansas City where he runs off the sideline, off the bench, and then shoves a referee because apparently he's a moron. And, oh, my my emotions. Well, yeah, sports are emotional, but that doesn't mean you shove referees. Like, that's just not the way that works. Those, those two things, one does not explain the other. But anyways, they're likely going to be without Lynch. Now, he is appealing the one-game suspension that he received from that. He was kicked out of that Kansas City game, so just another reason why the Chiefs should have won. But he was kicked out of that game. He is on pace to be suspended for this game, but that could potentially change. I know Jalen Richard is a very popular fantasy ad, but he's going to be walking into a Buffalo Bills defense that is not exactly the most porous on the ground. Buffalo, the number seven run defense in football, only giving up 84 and a half yards per game on the ground. And as I mentioned, they're the number two scoring defense in football, giving up less than 17 points per game. Buffalo thus far is undefeated at home and they will definitely put a tax and a test on that Oakland run defense, which is currently giving up a buck 14 per game on the ground. But I actually like the underdogs here. I got kind of a gut feeling about Oakland. I feel like the Raiders have maybe turned a corner here, and I don't think Buffalo is as good as their 4-2 and two record would indicate to you. Again, that offense really struggles to put up points, and they've had to ride their defense, which is fine as long as the defense holds up. Oakland will really tax that Buffalo defense, certainly in the secondary. I think Derek Carr is in for a good game here. I like Oakland in the upset. I'm going to take the Raiders on the road to go into Buffalo and hand the Bills a loss. On the line, Buffalo favored by two and a half points at home. So obviously, where I like Oakland to win, I like Oakland's side of that line. Take Oakland plus two and a half. Total in this game is 45 and a half points. I have to tell you to stay under on it. Uh, the two teams are only five and eight over under combined this season. Now they both went over last week, which means they were three and eight coming into their games last week. I'm seeing like a 40, 41, something like that. So it's comfortably under this total. I will tell you to stay under because I'm not sure what we're going to get from Buffalo's offense on a week to week basis. I'm going to tell you to stay under 45 and a half points in Oakland, Buffalo. 
Let's go to New Orleans now where the Saints come home after beating Green Bay. The first start for Brett Hundley in Green Bay. They went into Green Bay. They beat the Packers. That was a good win for the Saints. Now they get to come home and play the Chicago Bears who still struggle on the road. Again, hey, it's worth pointing out the Bears do have a road win under their belt already this season. And it's also worth pointing out that they're 2-0 and against AFC opponents. It's also worth pointing out that Chicago is 2-0 and against opponents outside of their conference, which means they're 1-4 and against the NFC. Meanwhile, Saints are 3-1 and against NFC opponents on a four-game winning streak, playing some excellent football, scoring points, keeping points off the board at a better clip than they were earlier in the season. This Saints team may be gelling at just the right time. Look, any team that plays the Saints, whether it's in New Orleans or not in New Orleans, any team that plays the Saints understands that they're going to be able to move the ball. The Saints are historically, and then even this season, not a great defense. This season, they're a good defense that's improving, but they're not a great defense by any means. Chicago is going to be able to move the football on New Orleans, especially in the run game. Look, Chicago's a top 10 run offense, a buck 26 per game on the ground. Jordan Howard, Tariq Cohen, they're going to be able to move the football on the ground. But if this game gets into a shootout, which most New Orleans games do, I don't think they have the pass attack to keep up with Drew Brees and the passing weapons that they have on that Saints side. I think Trubisky is playing fine. I just don't think he's got the firepower to stick with an offensive team like New Orleans. That's why I'm going to go with the Saints, especially where it's in the Saints home building. I like New Orleans at home to beat Chicago. On the line, New Orleans is favored by nine points at home. That's just, that's a little bit too much for me. I think this is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I full well expect Chicago to get their points in this one. Nine points, just a little bit too many for me. If Chicago was like this all-world terrible defense, like if they were like San Francisco or Indianapolis, then sure, New Orleans minus nine all day, but they're not. Chicago's a capable defense, and they're capable of scoring points certainly on the ground in this game so nine points is too many i'm going to tell you to go chicago plus nine at new orleans total in this game is 48 i'm going to tell you to go over on it because i think there's going to be plenty of points in this game the two teams are six and seven over under so far this season but they both went under last week which means they went into those games last week six and five over under I do think this number goes over, maybe not by a lot, maybe by a field goal or so, but I like over 48 points in Chicago, New Orleans. Let's go to New York now where the Jets are all of a sudden losers of two straight, back under 500, maybe come back down to earth a little bit, and now they have to play host to the Atlanta Falcons, chronically underperforming so far this season, especially on the offensive side. And they are losers of three in a row after starting the season 3-0. Worth noting here that the Falcons are 0-3 against AFC opponents. Now their AFC opponents have been of a higher caliber, of course, than the New York Jets, but they're still 0-3. All three of those losses come against the Patriots division, in fact, the AFC East. Two of those games were in Atlanta, a loss to Buffalo and a loss to Miami, that 
just that weird game where they gave up 20 consecutive points and lost the game 20 to 17. Just absolutely mind-boggling how they could lose that game. The Buffalo game, I get it. Buffalo's an incredible defense, but the Miami game was really the one that was like, oh, Jesus. But now they got to go to New York, play the Jets. If they're going to get one win in this division, it's going to be against the Jets. Let's see if the Jets' number 25 ranked total defense can finally be the remedy to the offensive problems that the Falcons are having. And it's incredible to me that we're talking about the Falcons and offensive problems. Now, there's a big push right now for the Falcons, I believe, to fire at the very least their offensive coordinator, if not more than that. And they're moving the ball. They're just not getting the points that they need to be getting. They're still averaging a buck 20 per game on the ground. They're only averaging 21 points. This is a team that for big chunks of last season was averaging 30 plus points a game. And now they're barely getting to that third touchdown. So it's a problem for sure. I think this could be a nice remedy for them this week. I think the Jets defense will make the Falcons offense look a little bit better than their numbers have so far on the season. I You have to like Atlanta here. I can't imagine the Falcons going 0-4 against this division. So even though the game's in New York, you got to like the Falcons on the road to beat the Jets. On the line, the Jets are four-point dogs at home. I'm going to give this to Atlanta minus four. It's less than a touchdown. This is a team that Atlanta should beat. If Atlanta loses this game, changes will happen because if they lose this game that's four games in a row that they will have lost and it's going to be a real struggle for them to keep pace in this division with the saints playing well the panthers playing all right even though they've lost two straight games the panthers have the ability to turn things around and that would put them potentially two full games behind in the division that's going to be a huge problem it's going to put them down there with the bucks so atlanta needs this game atlanta needs this game arguably worse than the jets do let's hope that they show it let's go atlanta minus four total in this game is 46 and a half points i mean you have to go under on it because who knows what you're going to get from the jets on the offensive side and Atlanta you haven't been able to trust their offense so far the two teams are five and eight combined over under they split their games last week let's go under 46 and a half points in Atlanta New York with the caveat being if the Falcons finally figure it out offensively this number could sail over Hey, we mentioned Tampa Bay. Let's talk about the Bucs. The Bucs are going to go home and play host to the Carolina Panthers, a divisional matchup in the NFC South. Bucs are 2-4 and four and losers of three consecutive games. The Panthers are 4-3, and three, losers of two consecutive games. So something has got to give. This will be the Bucks' first game inside this division, and it'll be just the second divisional game for the Panthers. They lost the first divisional game against New Orleans. Both of these teams over 500 in this situation. The Bucks will have won two of their three home games. Both of their two wins have come at home. Three of the Panthers' four victories have come on the road so far this year. Despite being 2-4, and four, the Bucks are having no problem so far this season finding the end zone, averaging three touchdowns per game, 18 total touchdowns in six games. The Panthers, comparatively, have struggled quite a bit. They've only scored 12 touchdowns in seven games. I think you definitely have to give the edge here to the Bucks in terms of the offensive side. On the defensive side, Carolina, they're not looking as good 
as they were earlier in the season. They're still the number three total defense in football, but now the points allowed starting to creep up there a little bit more. They're right around 20 points a game. This is a defense that is no longer considered unexploitable. The Panthers secondary is still performing, only giving up 180 yards per game through the air, which again, I think will certainly be tested by a Bucks passing attack that's putting up over 300 yards per game. Jameis Winston is having himself a pretty good year. Bucks finally got first round pick OJ Howard going in the offense last week. Two touchdowns for OJ Howard and that tight end the potential of that tight end passing attack with oj howard and cameron Brait, you could potentially have two tight ends there who would be worthy of tight end one status in fantasy Jameis winston like i mentioned actually having himself a pretty darn good season he's on pace to you know sniff 4500 yards it's possible it it's possible that he could get to 4500 yards he just threw for 384 yards against the bills just this week Lest we forget, that was with a sprained AC joint. That was also against a really good defense in that defense's home building. So I like the potential here of what Jameis Winston could do against the Carolina Panthers secondary. But at the same time, it's hard to deny a team that has won three of their four road games on pace for an excellent road season and who I think arguably need this game a little bit more than the opposition. Carolina, I think, is going to need this game as I think the Saints are going to have a very, very winnable game this week at home against Chicago. Carolina needs to win this game to keep pace. I can sense the desperation there. Bucks coming off of a good game. Do they string two consecutive good games together? Despite the fact, of course, they lost that game. But it was really the defense that lost them that one. And that, I think, could be the difference. Carolina's offense struggled a little bit. But Tampa Bay's defense is really good at making opposing offenses look better than they necessarily are. This is a bit of a coin flip game for me. I'm actually going to go with Carolina. Again, the desperation factor definitely playing a role here, but I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers on the road division game in Tampa Bay to beat the Bucks. On the line, the Bucks are two and a half point favorites at home. So obviously I like Carolina's side of that. I like them to win the game. Take Carolina plus two and a half. Total in this game is 44 and a half points. I'm actually going to tell you to go over on it. I think both of these teams are going to definitely put up their points. They're 8-5 and five combined over under this season. They split last week. It's worth noting two of the last three head-to-head matchups have gone under, but I like this game to go over here on kind of a middling number. Let's go over 44.5 points in Carolina, Tampa Bay. Let's go to Seattle now where the Seahawks are all of a sudden knocking on the door of the LA Rams division lead. Seahawks have won three consecutive games. They're going to play host to the Houston Texans who got back off the schneid last week with a victory. I shouldn't say last week. Houston had a victory before they went into their bye week, which was last week. This will be the Texans first game this season against an NFC opponent and ooh, what a uh, what a task that's going to be having to go into Seattle and face the Seahawks. Seahawks defense certainly playing well, only 94 points allowed in six games. They're just doing Seattle Seahawks things. The Seahawks offense also looking really good last week, putting up the points, the Seahawks offense coming around. Now the second best offense in that division behind, of course, the Rams. 
Legion of Boom so far, once again, top 10 total secondary in terms of pass yards allowed, still giving up only around 190 yards per game through the air. So Deshaun Watson is certainly going to have his work cut out for him in this game. They've still got to shore up that run defense, and that's where Houston, I think, may be able to exploit a real weakness in the Seattle defense. They're still giving up too many run yards per game. A buck 13, almost a buck 14 per game on the ground allowed by the Seahawks. Worth noting that Houston, a top five run offense in football right now, number three overall. In what I think will be a deceptively high-scoring game, I'm still going to take the hometown Seahawks. I like their potential to score points this week. I like Houston's potential to score points this week. Bit of a shootout. Wouldn't necessarily expect the game to be a shootout, but... I'm going to take Seattle's side of it. I like the Seahawks at home to beat the Texans. On the line, Seattle's favored by five and a half points at home, and that's just too many for me. This is a game that Houston could conceivably win with how good their offense has been playing lately. Maybe Deshaun Watson wins and has a you know a game-winning drive towards the end of the game. Five and a half points is a bit too many here. I think it's going to be a relatively close game. Could be won by a field goal either way. So let's go Houston plus five and a half. Total in this game is 45.5 points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. The two teams are only 6-6 six and six over under, and they've split uh, their last games. One went over, one went under. But Houston's last four games have all gone over. And so look, Seattle's offense playing better than it had been before. Russell Wilson has nice touch on his passes, had a very good pass game last week. I like the game to go over. So let's go over 45 and a half points in Houston, Seattle. Let's go to Washington now where the Redskins are coming off of a division loss on Monday Night Football last night in Philadelphia. Kind of got spanked in that game. Now they get to go home and oh, they get to face Dallas, another division game. We talked about unlikely shootouts in the previous game. This is not an unlikely shootout. This is just plain going to be a shootout. Cowboys and the Redskins have combined in 12 games to score 306 points and give up 289 points. This is going to be a high-scoring game. Cowboys coming off a win. Redskins, as I mentioned, coming off of a loss. Redskins are now 0-2 in this division. Dallas has won their only division game. Even though the game's in Washington, you gotta like Dallas for one simple reason— and it's Zeke Elliott, and he is not going to be suspended for this game. Zeke's going to be in there. Washington's run defense is pretty good. I mean, it's 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 top 10 overall in the league, but that's certainly not helping them keep points off the board. I'm seeing a big game here for Dak Prescott, big game for Kirk Cousins. It's going to be, if you love quarterback play, this is going to be the game to watch. I like Dallas on the road in Washington to hand a second consecutive loss to the Redskins. Dallas beats Washington. On the line right now, this game is a pick'em. So obviously I like Dallas to win. I'm going to take Dallas as a pick'em. There is no total in this game. Our first of two games where Vegas is being cowardly and has not given us a total yet. I expect the watershed mark here to be somewhere in the low 50s, 51, 52, 53, somewhere around there. If this total starts with a five, go over on it. These two teams are eight and four over under on the season. Each of their last three games for each team have gone over. And their last three head-to-head matchups and four of the last five have gone over. 
take the over on anything that starts with a five. That's the way I'm going to tell you to go in Washington, Dallas. And the last game we're going to look at before we get to the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week eight as the Detroit Lions at home playing host to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lions have lost two in a row after starting the season three and one, not playing as well as they had been earlier in the season. That's still a really good offense, 19 touchdowns in six games, so they're up over three touchdowns a game. But you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, man, and Pittsburgh has come on in these last couple of games. Two straight victories, and if you watched that game last week, I understand it was a division game against an opponent that they know really well, but Pittsburgh had their way with the Bengals on offense. There was nothing the Bengals could do to stop whatever Pittsburgh wanted to do when they had the football. Lions put up 38 points in their last game, which is excellent, except when you give up 52, which is what happened, because they were in New Orleans playing the Saints, and that's just what the Saints do. Lions defense at home kind of bucking the trend or bucking the idea that their defense plays better at home. Really not the case so far this season. Their defense is giving up an average of 27 points per game to opponents playing in Detroit. And that is going to certainly be a problem against a Pittsburgh Steelers team that now looks like they've got it figured out on the offensive side of the ball. This will be Detroit's first game this season against an AFC opponent, and I don't think it's going to go particularly well for them. I like the Steelers on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. But I also like the Lions. Like, I like the Lions as a football team. I think their potential to score points on the offensive side is really good. The problem here is Pittsburgh's front seven is deadly. Absolutely deadly. So if Detroit cannot protect their quarterback it's going to be a long long night on the line Detroit are three point dogs at home normally I would be able to go with that but I can't they're not stopping teams when the other team has the football they're not stopping them in games in Detroit on the road they have been able to do that but in Detroit they certainly have not so you got to go Pittsburgh minus three here if you like the Steelers to win the football game I just don't trust Detroit's defense right now to get the stops against Le'Veon Bell and to be able to score points against Pittsburgh's front seven total in this game is 45 points I am going to tell you to go under on it the two teams are 5-8 and eight combined over under. They both went over last week. Certain Detroit certainly did. But they both went over last week. But that means they were only 3-8 and eight going into those, uh, those previous two games. So, I gotta stick under on it. It's kind of a middling number. But I'm seeing like maybe a, a 23-19 or a 24-20, something like that. It's gonna be close, but I think it stays under. So, go under 45 points in Detroit-Pittsburgh. All right, folks, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week eight in the NFL. We're going to start with the bronze pick where I am six and one straight up. My best straight up pick of all four of these picks. Four and three against the spread, which is also unfortunately my tied for my best against the spread mark. But we're still winless on the over-under at 0-6-1. My bronze pick sees the Kansas City Chiefs playing host to the Denver Broncos in a matchup not only of AFC West leading teams, but the two teams in that division that are currently on losing streaks, both having lost their last two games. 
Kansas City Chiefs are turning into the model of the glass cannon, which is uh, something that I earlier dubbed for the New England Patriots, but it's really becoming true for Kansas City as well, and that's really been exploited in these back-to-back -back losses since starting the season 5-0. and Look, when you're 5-0 and and you're scoring like 30-some points a game, it can be really easy to look past the fact that your defense is giving up too many points and that you're leaving your defense out there just a little bit too long against some of these teams. But it doesn't really matter because you're winning games. Well, Kansas City's not winning games anymore. They've lost two consecutive, and it really highlights the problems with their defense. Now, luckily, they're going to have an opponent here in the Denver Broncos that have only scored 108 points in six games. So they're not scoring a ton of points. They're giving up just a few more points than they're scoring. It's a really good defense in Denver. It's still a really good defense. Obviously the no-fly zone, but Denver's not in Denver in this game. So it's going to certainly play a role. Kansas City always gets up for these games against Denver. The crowd always gets up for these games against Denver. Broncos have had two of their three wins come in the division where Kansas City is only one and one, but I have to like the Chiefs here. We're going to go with Kansas City in Kansas City to get off the schneid, break the losing streak. Kansas City at home beats Denver for the straight-up bronze pick. On the line, Kansas City's favored by 7.5 points. It's too many for me, simply because Kansas City's defense certainly not playing any kind of shutdown role. The more the season goes on, the more evident it is just how much they miss Eric Berry as a run-stopping safety, blitzing safety, coverage safety, just doing everything that Eric Berry does. They miss him more and more every week. So seven and a half points, if it was under a touchdown, maybe I'd take it, but seven and a half points, it's too many for me. Let's go Denver plus seven and a half in a division game that they could conceivably come up and win. Total in this game is 43 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go over on it. The two teams are combined eight and five over under on the season, despite the fact that Denver has only scored, what was it, 106 or 108 points so far this season. They split their games, their previous games, but three of the last four head to head matchups between these two teams have gone over. And that fourth game was a push on the exact total. And it was right around this total of, I think, like 42 points. So I'm actually feeling like 46, 47, something like that. It's comfortable for me to go over 43 and a half points. So Kansas City beats Denver straight up. I like Denver plus seven and a half on the line over 43 and a half points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm four and three, both straight up and against the spread and three and four on the over under sees the Philadelphia Eagles playing host to the San Francisco 49ers. This game should go without saying Philadelphia's offense is on fire. I just tweeted last night that Carson Wentz is tougher than a $2 steak on half off weekends that was left on the grill a minute too long. Carson Wentz is the quarterback of the future in this league. And he's just going to have another game to display exactly why against the lowly San Francisco 49ers. Maybe you might think about San Francisco's side of the spread if the game was in San Francisco. But straight up, this game is not in doubt. It would be higher if I didn't have Philadelphia as like my platinum pick last week. But let's go Philadelphia at home to beat the 49ers. 
On the line here, Philadelphia, 10.5-point favorites against San Francisco. You know I don't like those double-digit spreads, but when you're Philadelphia and you're scoring points like the Eagles are and playing defense the way the Eagles are, despite the fact that, again, they're still being ravaged by injuries, look, it's San Francisco. They're a terrible ATS team. Take Philadelphia minus the 10.5 points. This is the other game where there is no total in the game so far. I think the watershed mark is somewhere around 48, but if you get like a 48, 49, even a 50, I would say go over on it. The two teams are nine and five combined over under on the season, and each of these teams' last two games have gone over. So if you get anything with a four in front of it, take the over. If you get a 50, maybe even a 51, potentially go over on it. Anything more than that, you're probably going to want to stick to the under. So, Philadelphia beats San Francisco straight up. I like Philadelphia minus 10.5 on the line. Again, there is no total, but I would say go over anything with a 4 or a very, very, very low 5 at the start of it. That is your silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 5-2 straight up, 3-4 against the spread, and 5-2 and on the over-under. That's 5 of my 44 over-under wins on the season that have come in this gold pick, so that's going well. Sees the Cincinnati Bengals at home taking on the Indianapolis Colts, and this is really just a situational thing. I didn't think Cincinnati looked terrible against Pittsburgh I think Joe Mixon was able to run the ball a little more effectively on Pittsburgh I just kind of I'm starting to wish that they would just give Joe Mixon the ball and let him run with it but exactly what I said was gonna happen in the preseason is what's happening and they're sticking to this we have a three-headed monster at running back no pick your guy and go with your guy your other guys just sprinkle them in on third down, change of pace, stuff like that. Joe Mixon should be the guy that should be getting the volume of the carries in this offense, and he's not really doing it. But it's an excellent matchup for Cincinnati here against Indianapolis. Cincinnati on the defensive side of the ball, they're really, like, they're arguably the best defense, well, they're the best statistical defense, barely, in that division their offense, they're the worst statistical offense in that division, but nothing helps that better than playing the Indianapolis Colts, who have given up 222 points in seven games this season. That's an average of over 30 points a game. Cincinnati's definitely going to get their points. Their offense is going to be righted in this game. I love the Cincinnati Bengals at home to beat the Indianapolis Colts. On the line, Cincinnati favored by 10 points at home, can't give that to them. Want to give that to them because I think that could potentially be how it goes. Honestly, I think Cincinnati might blow them out. But I can't give it to them right now because they haven't done anything to prove that they deserve that. So let's go Indianapolis plus 10. Could be a backdoor cover potentially, but I do think that Indy will cover that. Indianapolis plus 10. Total in this game is 41.5 points, and this is the most coin flip total of any of the games this week. Because I honestly think this is going to be about a 42-point game. So technically, that's over. The two teams are 7-6 and six combined over under this season, and they split their last games. So it's a perfect coin flip situation. So let's flip the coin, which has not been overly helpful to me this season, and let's go over over 
41 and a half points because I do think Indianapolis will score something certainly in this game so Cincinnati beats Indy straight up I like Indy plus 10 on the line over 41 and a half points that is your gold pick and the platinum pick where I am five and two straight up but only two and five against the spread and over under it's the only game we haven't talked about the New England Patriots at home taking on the LA Chargers and don't look now but the Patriots feel like the Patriots again three straight victories four and one in their last five they're scoring touchdowns again now 21 touchdowns in seven games exactly three touchdowns a game they've got a couple of home wins under their belt now finally and don't look now but the Patriots are starting to roll and I don't think the other teams in this division are going to be able to keep up with them course the chargers are on their own little roll aren't they three consecutive wins a big win last week that i told you was going to happen chargers are playing excellent football it's really unfortunate that they're going to get punched in the mouth this week this would actually be a cute little upset candidate if the game was in los angeles and there would be the possibility that i would have even jumped on that but you know what where the game's in new england new england's on a roll they're feeling good they're healthy they've got their running backs going they got gronk going they got the pass game going they spread the ball out so much and the defense has finally turned around i tell you i've been incredibly impressed with kyle van noy in the last two or three games his name always seems to pop up on the broadcast he seems like he's always in the right place doing the right things i'm glad i picked him up in fantasy a few weeks ago he's been playing very well for me and he's really shored up that patriots defense playing so much better than they were just three weeks ago so you know what you gotta like the patriots in here i like new england at home to beat the chargers on the line the patriots are seven and a half point favorites at home it's a little bit over a touchdown which might make me feel you know makes me feel a little bit wonky but i really think this patriots defense has turned the corner i see a couple of takeaways in this game for them i'm going to tell you to go new england minus seven and a half points over under in this game total is 48 points I think you stay under on it, to be perfectly honest. The two teams are 7-7 seven and seven combined over under so far this season. And for both teams, their last two straight games have all gone under. So they're trending in that direction. It's a relatively big number at 48 points. I'm going to tell you to stay under on it. Also, despite the fact that the Chargers have won three consecutive games, they're still the second worst run defense in football, giving up over 140 yards per game. So if you don't think the Patriots running backs are going to exploit that, I think you would be wrong. And if there's any quarterback in the world that's going to be able to test that 185 yards per game allowed by the Chargers secondary that has them firmly inside the top 10 in terms of pass defenses, if there's any quarterback that's going to test that and rip it apart, it's Tom Brady. So Patriots beat the Chargers straight up. I like the Patriots minus seven and a half on the line under 48 points that is your platinum pick all right folks those are your picks straight up against the spread over under platinum gold silver and bronze for week eight in the 2017-2018 nfl season it is time of course for the comment of the week and this week's comment of the week goes to andrew warren fellow nfl youtube prognosticator make sure you check out his channel find him on the nfl youtube prognosticators facebook page 
Andrew's comment from the week seven video sounds a little something like this. Justin, I hate to say this, but I do agree with you on my Patriots and the Falcons game because our defense is bad. I hope the Patriots win, but with that defense against Atlanta, I can't see it, but I hope I'm wrong. Turns out we were both wrong, Andrew. Turns out the Patriots defense is a little bit better than we thought it was. The Falcons offense, not as good as we thought it was. And the Patriots win a pretty convincing game there against the Falcons. Good luck this week, Justin. Thank you very much, Andrew, for your comment. Yours is the comment of the week from the Week 7 video. And for the record, that Atlanta-New England game, it, it uh, just kind of wrecked my spirits. Not really, but I kind of felt that it needed a little something extra there. That was the comment of the week, and that is going to do it for the week eight video. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. We're going to get you out of here on my CFL picks for week 19, only two weeks left in the regular season. The playoff teams are set, but the playoff matchups have not yet been decided. So week 19, still a pivotal week in the CFL. Went 2-2 two and two picking the games in week 18. That still has us 14-18. and 18. We are quickly running out of time to right the ship with the CFL picks, but we're going to do that this week. In week 19 in the CFL, we're looking at the Hamilton Tiger Cats going into Ottawa, handing a loss to the Red Blacks in Ottawa. We've got Saskatchewan at home beating the Montreal Alouettes. We've got Winnipeg at home beating BC. Winnipeg still fighting for playoff position there. And we've got the Calgary Stampeders going into Edmonton, locking up their conference by beating the Eskimos in Edmonton. That's it for me one more time. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Of course, like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Go to the Hatbox Nation YouTube channel, subscribe there. Go to the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, join up there. Go to nerdtees.ca, check out their content, their product. Again, BW Finest, the promo code. Get yourself 15% off. Free shipping in Canada, anything over 50 bucks. That's the Week 8 video. I hope you enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoy the games in Week 8. We will see you again in Week 9. Mm -hmm.